fantasy booking at its finest. Neil and Sean go back in time and rewrite some of the biggest moments in wrestling history, from WWE to AEW and more. Join us on our journey as we repave the path of wrestling as we know it on this episode of From Corner to Corner. It's time! It's time! It's WrestleCade time! Time, time, time. What's up, man? Oh, nothing much, man. Just sitting here in the Marriott. In the Marriott Studios. <laughs> in the Marriott Studios today. We're, we're, we've, we've ventured out of the back room studios. Yeah. We're, uh, we're actually on location. In downtown Winston-Salem, North Carolina. At WrestleCade Revenge 2021. If you can hear a little bit of uh, hoarseness in my voice, I've got a little bit of cold going on, and i got a little bit of screaming going on, so I please apologize for that. But uh, we wanted to come on and do this show while it is fresh in our mind. What a great two days of wrestling we have seen. Oh, man, it was fantastic. Anyone that says independent wrestling is boring has never watched independent wrestling like we have the last two days. Oh, man, it <clears throat> is. I can't even put into words some of the wrestling that we've got to see. You know, you think whenever people hear independent wrestling, they think of the, you know, the mom and pop jobs that go around and they're in the high school gymnasiums and they're in the bingo halls and they're in the community centers. And these guys do that. But it's not a fly-by-night organization. These are legitimate organizations that have been around for a lot of years that have wrestlers who have been all over the world. Right. And last night at the Super Show, Which there is were the, over 2,000 people. And the Super Show <clears throat> is like the pay-per-view of WrestleCade. Right, right. And that crowd knew these wrestlers. Yep. Because they had... The wrestlers had the fans eating out of the palm of their hands. I mean, it was crazy. So, why don't we start the show by talking about the fan fest that we went to? Right. So, <clears throat> if you don't know what WrestleCade is, WrestleCade is an event that's held every year on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday following Thanksgiving. Neil stumbled upon it in 2019. That was our first trip. And then, of course, last year with COVID, we didn't get to come. So... They definitely made up for the year off. Man. Because they was, there were a lot of wrestlers here. We got to meet some of our childhood uh, idols. I got to meet Jerry Lawler, Jeff Jarrett, Bill Dundee, guys that I grew up on. Right. And I, I mean, we geeked out all day long yesterday. Of course. I mean, I don't know if y'all have heard this or not. I, I probably have said it a time or two, but I'm an old school guy. And when I think of old school, it makes my hand cramp. Right, uh, my hand cramps, and a, and 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 the the number four pops up, man. And yesterday, waiting in line to get into the fan fest, some guy in front of us. Do you remember what the guy's name was? I, I don't. I don't remember. I know Ten Man Collectibles. Yeah, Ten Man Collectibles. Ten Man yes. Collectibles. So this guy in front of us, he is he's he's standing, and he's got all this stuff, just figures and. Pictures and posters and prints and just two or three bags full of stuff. And he has a Four Horsemen 
Class of 2012 Hall of Fame figure set. So it's got Flair, Tully, Arn, and Barry in it. And, of course, I'm checking it out. It's It's been an item. And, and that's ch- your favorite form of the horseman. That's the best form of, right. of, the, of the horseman. So that's been one of my bucket list figure sets I you know I'm a bit I'm a bit of a nerd I have a little bit of an action figure uh, collection going on and that ranked right at the top okay right. I wanted that you and I both have looked on eBay it was going for close to a hundred bucks about anywhere you look well when I saw them at comic-con last year this year they were um, 95 to 100 bucks so we're talking to this guy and I said man it's a nice set you got there he said yeah I'm, I'm looking to sell it I'd take fifty for it, but you know, truth be told, I'd probably just take forty. <laughs> so I look at Sean. It wasn't even five seconds. You had the wallet out. I look at Sean and I start pulling my wallet out. I pull out two twenties. I gotta hand it to uh, Ten Man Collectibles. This dude says, "I'd like fifty. Well, I'm sure you would like fifty. <laughs> you just said you just 40. Told me forty. So how about we just meet in the middle? So I bought this set for forty five dollars. Yeah, which I think was a steal. And then at WrestleCade, I had the opportunity to get my figure set signed by Arn, Barry, Tully, JJ, and Lex Luger. Yeah, the only one missing on that is Flair. I mean, Sean talked about geeking out meeting the USWA Memphis wrestling folks. I geeked out meeting the Four Horsemen. Of course, and I got to take a picture with the four horsemen. Of course, you can't take a picture with the four horsemen without throwing up the number fours. Right. And you just feel like you're part of the, the, the bunch. I mean, just they're fantastic. So those are the people we got to meet, but Sting was there. Kane was there. Kurt Angle was there. I mean, you had a cool experience with Mick Foley. Right. I, I got my picture taken with all three Mick Foley's. I all got, three faces of Foley. Yeah, Mick Foley. Dude, love and mankind, and he was—he talked uh, with your with the fans. He was taking—he was taking selfies. Some of the pictures he was taking selfies. Uh, Enzo was there. Enzo's a big hit. Uh, the Barbarian, the Steiner Brothers, uh, Magnum TA. Yeah. Uh, Mag- Money Inc. Magnum TA's look like George South. George South, man, we're gonna have to have an episode. That just talks about George South. Oh, my gosh. George South, Mr. Number One, has been in professional wrestling for 41 years. He's wrestled all across the world in every promotion that you can wrestle in. And, you know, people would use the word enhancement talent, I think, to describe George South. We've seen George South wrestle. Holy crap, yeah. Even at, even at his age, he's still pretty good in the ring. But he was one of those hands that you had to have around. Um, I know he told a, he, he told a story this morning at the uh, at the worship service that when he started wrestling in Georgia, Ole Anderson was the booker, and he said every time I'd come to the back, Ole would just cuss me, and he was like, "He ain't cussing nobody else. Why is he cussing me?" And he said, finally, after three, four, five times of him being cussed when he walked to the back, he said, I got a little bit of courage. He said, now, when you're dealing with Ellie Anderson, that's about all the courage I could muster was just a little bit. <laughs> and he said, he went to the back, and Ole started in on him. And he said, hold on a second, Ole. Why are you always cussing me? 
He said, what have I done? You know, I know I'm new and I'm learning, but what have I done? And he said, what's your problem with me? And, and Oli's response, I think, was very fitting. He said, son, calm down. When I'm not cussing you, it's mean I, it, it means I don't see anything in you, and I don't, and I don't have time for you. Yeah, and I'm so, done with you. And I'm done with you. So even though he was looked at as an enhancement talent, he was one of those hands that you always wanted to have around because he would do whatever you needed him to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, man, I have, I can't, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, uh, Adam Shearer, also known as Braun Strowman. They had the LOD experience. You met Booker T. Yeah. yeah. Five time, five time, five time. Uh, Of course, I said Money, Inc. Uh, Jay Lethal. Yeah. Jay White uh, from New Japan. Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, who else was there? Oh, there was and tons of female wrestlers oh, as well. You had Camille from NWA. Yeah. You had Mickey James from Impact. Jordan Grace. Uh, Jordan Grace Thunder from Impact. Thunder Rosa had a big crowd. Thunder Rosa. Her. She's super popular. Super over. Man, this crowd down here loves Thunder Rosa. Mercedes Martinez. Yeah. Diana uh, Peraza. We had dinner with Mercedes and Martinez tonight. Well, not really with her. <laughs> she, she, she sent the booth the over. <laughs> hey, it's close enough. <laughs> We talked to her. She she didn't offer to pick up our tab. No, I don't even think she liked her tab. She was complaining about it when we brought it. <laughs> so, but I think the last I heard, I think there were 150 wrestlers that were there. It was a bunch, man. It was way more than it was in 2019. I mean, they had two rooms. Yeah, yeah. And, course, and some in a hallway. Right. Uh, the Good Brothers, the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, man, I... And there was uh, several from TNA because they had the TNA experience that you got to got that we got TNA to reunion show. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had the LOD experience. Of yeah. course, you know God, God rest LOD. They both they they've both passed on, but uh, Paul Ellering was there, and there was a green screen, and they had an actual set of shoulder pads. Yeah, that you could go get your picture taken with. Yeah, uh, which which was super cool. And you know the the coolest part, Sean, is that. We were surrounded by thousands of people just like us. Right. And they were from all over. Yeah, I mean, there was some from Canada. Pennsylvania, uh-huh. Virginia, Florida, all over. It, yeah. all, all over the East Coast for sure. Yeah. You know, you and I said in 2019 that we would like to make this a yearly, a yearly trip for us. Yeah. 2021 did not disappoint. We're going to break down the card of the sh- of the Super Show and tell you all the faces, all the matches that we got to see. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, something we noticed this week was, or this weekend, excuse me, was that a lot of the talent has been released from the WWE within the last 18 months to two years. Yeah. And these dudes are good. Yeah. You see that the WWE has really messed up with some of these guys. Like, ooh, it's bad. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that we both noticed last night in watching that show, because there were several members of the of the WWE crowd, were like, they released these people, right? Well, I know at one point last night, and we will we'll talk about that match when we get there. But we were looking at each other like, 
why didn't this guy get a bigger push in the WWE? Yeah. I mean, he can go. Yeah. I, well, and I, I'll, I'll go on and talk about him. Eric Rowan, Eric Eric Redbeard. Yeah. The dude is really good. Yeah. Super athletic. Yeah. And uh, way, a, way more athletic in person than it was ever shown on TV. Yeah, I don't think he got he to wrestle like that he way. He was like just stiff when he was on TV. Right. That dude, he was on the top rope. He was doing all kinds of stuff. Well, he jumped through the ropes at one point doing a suicide dive. Yeah, I know. And he was pretty over with the fans, too. He was. And, of course, you know, it was cool. It was, it was a cool moment before the match started. Uh, everybody started chanting Brody. Yeah. Of course, him and Brody, also known as Luke Harper, were tag team partners. Right. It, he he kind of got emotional over that. Yeah. Uh, so, so it was a really cool moment. You know, we've talked about the fan fest. We've talked about all the uh, wrestlers that were there. We're going to post pictures throughout the month of December. We don't want to do a do a photo dump all at one time and and, and give you too many pictures to look at. But um, we got to interact with some uh, fellow podcasters, some fellow YouTubers. You know, I think we've I think we've made some good connections. Yeah. Not to put too big a tease out there, but I think. We got some upcoming interviews that we've been able to secure here at, here at WrestleCade. Yeah. And also, it looks like maybe we're going to have some guest appearance on some other people's shows. Yeah. So, lots of cool stuff came from WrestleCade no, Weekend. <clears throat> one of the biggest reasons we came down here was to be able to promote Corner to Corner. Mm-hmm. Because we want to be able to make it bigger and better for you guys. And if we can do that through YouTube videos or wrestler interviews or anything like that, then we definitely want to do that. And like Neil said, we definitely made some strong connections down here. I, I got I to gotta just geek out here for a second. We walked in the doors yesterday. First person we saw. The very first person we see is Jeff Jarrett. And I think we've shared with our audience the significance Jeff Jarrett has to this podcast. Right. But why don't you refresh our memories? Well, first of all, I mean, Jeff Jarrett was a childhood hero he was like my favorite wrestler when i first started watching uswa with my mom on saturday mornings and back in the summer when um we were going on vacation i always like to listen to something on the trip because my whole family goes to sleep so i gotta have something so neil had recommended jeff jarrett's new podcast it had about six episodes out at that point so i listened to all six episodes on that trip and I have listened to it the entire time. So one day we were talking. Hey, I'm really enjoying this Jeff Jarrett podcast. It makes me want to go back and think about doing our podcast again. And then you get to think, talking about it. And then we ultimately just like, look, we're either going to do this podcast or we're not going to do this podcast. If we're not going to do it, I don't want to ever talk about it right. ever again. We're done talking about it. Yeah, because we've been talking about it for four years. So... Here we are, recording the podcast. We walk in with our corner-to-corner t-shirts on, and I'm meeting Jeff Jarrett, getting my picture taken with him, and I took the opportunity to explain to him that he's the reason why we're a podcast. Right. And he was, just, he was like, really? What, I mean, what do you mean? And I'm like, your podcast inspired us to move forward with our dream to do the podcast. We wouldn't be here doing this right now if it wasn't for you. And he goes... Really? I was like, yeah. And then I come back 
and or then I walked around and I got my picture taken. He looked at me. He goes, "Are you serious about the podcast thing?" I was like, "A hundred percent." Right. And he goes, "That's really cool." Yeah. And then a guy walked up, interrupted us talking to him. <laughs> what a butt, right? I mean, who do you think you are? <laughs> right. And and he was talking about Jeff's podcast, and Jeff looks at us and says. Well, here's another one, and I threw one of my cards in that guy's face. But this morning, I gave Jeff a. I, we got to talk to him again, and I gave him one of our cards this morning, and I I told him I was like, I meant to give this to you yesterday. I'd really appreciate you just listening to one episode. And he goes, Dude, I I got you. So Jeff, thank you. I hope you're listening. I hope this is the episode you listen to. If you do listen to it, for sure. I mean, I guess for the next few weeks episodes, we're gonna have to say. Hey, Jeff, at some point, <laughs> because you might listen. Right. So here's, here is from corner to corner saying hello to Jeff Jarrett. Hello, Jeff Jarrett. Because this is our world. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so, guys, I'm telling you, I, I could literally spend a whole episode talking about just the fan fest yeah. and getting to meet everybody. But... We didn't plan two episodes for this, so we can't do that. We, we, we can't. But, we actually could almost do three episodes. But I also, and and we are going to do some additional episodes right. on WrestleCade. Right. I mean, we both fell in love with AML Wrestling. No doubt. And we've both said that if it was closer, or or we moved to, to Winston-Salem or whatever, yeah. that we would be huge AML fans. Yeah. AML, AML is the local wrestling uh, independent league down here, but they're also the ones that host WrestleCade. Right, they're the they're the host organization of WrestleCade. Yeah, they're fantastic. We've already mentioned George South. I think I think we at least need to uh, talk about him on at some point. And of course, we could talk on and on and on about FanFest, but we obviously need to talk about the topic of tonight's show, and that is the Super Show at WrestleCade right. last night. Right. How do you want to do this? You want to go match by match? Or? I think we can go match by match. We can talk about the match. We can talk about uh, the talent. We can talk about parts of the match we liked, we didn't like, which is not much. There's not much about last night that I did not enjoy. Right. right. We can just kind of help our fans live vicariously, so to speak, through, right. through our experience there. Right. So, the first match... Of the night had, of course, Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express, <laughs> against the Singh brothers. Yeah. yeah, the Singh brothers that were with Jinder Mahal. Yeah, that Randy Orton nearly broke the neck on throwing him through the announce table. Yeah, they are now the, the blondes of Bollywood. The blondes of Bollywood, which is fantastic. Their look is great. And the crowd hates them. Well, of course, they're playing off the Hollywood Blondes gimmick with Stunning Steve and mm-hmm. Flying Brian. They do it great. They do the they do the camera thing that uh, Steve Austin used to do. It's it's a great gimmick. Yeah. And of course, the fans hating them makes it even better. So, the Bollywood Boys are the first former WWE talent that I looked at you and said, "Wow." We didn't get to see these guys wrestle like that. No, because they stayed in the corner of Jinder Mahal for the whole time. Right. They're good. Yeah. And we saw them again tonight. Well, we did see them again tonight, but we also 
got to do one of our favorite experiences. We got to be part of a live Busted Open show. Yes. And we heard Mark Henry say, those boys are really good. Those are, he said, when you're, when you're in the ring, you have to have a good dance partner. Somebody that knows what to do. He said, now, if you're good enough, you can carry a whole match by yourself, a la Bret Hart at, at Survivor, I mean, at SummerSlam 92 against Davy Boy Smith. We've talked about that on this episode. Right. Or not this episode, but this show. Mark Henry says that you have to have a good dance partner. And he said, don't let anything fool you. These boys are good. Yeah. Well, and I think somebody asked the question about the Rock and Roll Express, and I think that's when he took the opportunity to, you know, kind of give give those guys the credit. Well, of course, and he said that, you know, something the Rock and Roll Express uh, always do, and you can watch any of their matches, they stick straight to the script, okay? Yeah. They have a plan coming in. They don't ever deviate from the plan. The matches usually consist of Ricky Morton getting his tail kicked, making the hot tag to Robert Gibson. Robert Gibson fights back, and Ricky usually ends up back in the ring, and they uh, get the three count. So, um, I mean, it's it was a good start. Yeah. Of course, you know, the, the, <laughs> the Rock and Roll Express, even in their age, are so over. Yeah. And, I mean, Ricky Morton getting his tail kicked and just reaching out to the crowd like, I need your help. Yeah. I need you. Help me out. And then the crowd starts going, rock and roll. So you know, and 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 it gets the it gets the fist pumping, and it gets it gets all the things going on. And of course, they mount their comeback, and of course, the Rock and Roll Express are going to win because they're the Rock and Roll Express, right. and this is Rock and Roll Country. Yeah, you know, this is the Carolinas. Rock and Roll was never there was never a chance they were going to lose. No, I mean, great match. I think it really got to show the fans how good. Uh, the blondes of Bollywood are, uh, and it gave you the opportunity. Feel good moment, little nostalgia. The Rock and Roll Express. Anytime they're in the ring, it's cool. Yep, for sure. Then we got to watch maybe our favorite wrestler of the whole weekend, a guy by the name of Caprice Coleman. He is legit. He's legitimate. Yeah. Now. He's the AML world title or world heavyweight champion. He is also, was the voice of Ring of, of, Honor. of Ring of Honor. Yeah. And he apparently, according to Jim Cornette, who does not give out compliments, if you know anything about Jim Cornette, yeah. Jim Cornette said Caprice Coleman is the best in the business. When it comes to commentating. When it comes to commentating. Yeah. And he's really good in the ring, too. So, I mean, dude can do anything he wants to. Yeah. Uh, and, and super nice guy. Super we nice. We talked to him for a bit. Super night. grateful. We are fans. We're fans. I mean, he's one of those guys, he, and, and I told Sean this, and we've we've kind of planted the seed. You know, we talk about planting the seeds on this on this show a lot. And, you know, you got to water them and nurture them, and hopefully the seed will flourish. Uh, we've planned the seed to hopefully have Caprice on at some point yeah. as a guest and do an interview with him and, yeah. and, and, and let you guys get to hear 
how great this guy is. Right. Um, but, of course, he was in the ring across from a guy formerly known as Fandango. Now he's just Dirty Dongo. Yeah. Which is kind of a terrible name. Yeah. But, you know, it works. Of course, he wore his Fashion Popo uh, gear last night. That was so funny. Which, which is funny. Um, probably the high spot of this match was uh, he comes out and he talks up Caprice Coleman, how big a fan he is, and he's watched him for years, and, you know, how, how much he was looking forward to this match. And but unfortunately, he hurt his knee last week in a match. He's doctors won't clear him, but uh, he's sure that they can find somebody in the back, uh, back to take his spot. Uh, and you're like, well, that's crappy. Like yeah. I was kind of looking forward to seeing Dongo. And of course, Caprice turns his back. Dongo attacks him from behind, grabs the microphone, and says, "Otis trick in the books, you marks." <laughs> he goes. I was in the WWE for 15 years. That was the oldest trick in the book, you marks. Which was which was incredible. It was an incredible moment. Um, it was a really good match. Of course, all the match was it was just to showcase how good Caprice Coleman is. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it, Dongo's pretty good. Dongo's really good. I mean, listen, the dude beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, they just didn't know what to do with him, yeah. and they pigeonholed him with the. The goofy Fandango gimmick. Yeah. And then they put him back at NXT and he teamed up with Tyler Breeze and they turned him into the fashion police and they got that over. Yeah. If you can get the fashion police gimmick over, you're pretty good. Yeah. So, Dongo got to showcase just how good he was, but the whole match was to make Caprice Coleman look yeah. like the star he is. Yeah. And, of course, it's put on by AML, so you got, you know, AML's champion got a big win over a guy who has a name. Right. So, that was that was the second match. Then we got to see some AMLs out. It was a six-man tag. On the heel side, we had a guy, Andrew Everett, who has a fantastic gimmick, too. <laughs> like, you're going to hear me say that a lot. This dude, he comes out, how tall is he? 5'10", maybe? Maybe 5'10". He's got the singlet with the single strap. He's got, the Andre, he's got yeah. the Andre singlet, and the, and, and the, and the announcer uh, announces him at, as 7'4". Yeah. And uh, he steps uh, on the bottom rope to step over like he climbs. You know, he steps over the rope. He talks about choke slamming everybody. Yeah. But he talks about how tall he is. How tall he is. If you've seen OVW recently, OVW has a guy named Dimes. In it, uh, who he's the he's OVW's only super heavyweight is what he said, and Dimes is maybe five six. He's a he's a little tiny guy, but similar gimmick, and it works fantastic for heels yeah. because they get that heel heat because well obviously everybody can see that you're not yeah. seven foot yeah. four. What was they chanting today? Four foot seven. Four foot seven. They were chanting four foot seven. Right. <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, and then his he was partnered with uh, Matt Cross. Matt Cross. You can tell Matt Cross has been wrestling for a long time. Right. Um, and he's really good at what he does. Put in some real good offense. And then of course Kobe Carino, who we saw in a ridiculous match tonight. Yeah. A no DQ hardcore match against George South, ridiculous. I mean, I told you at one point it's the dangest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean my jaw was dropped. 
And of course, Colby Carino. If the if if the name sounds familiar, his dad was Steve Carino, who uh, ECW original ECW legend, and he currently works in the WWE. He's like a agent, unless he's been future endeavored. And if he has, I have not heard about that right. yet. Right. But so he comes from a wrestling family, and then on the face side, we had Myron Reed. Who's from Louisville, Kentucky? Yeah, the announcer kept saying Louisville. <laughs> uh, he's from Louisville. Okay, yeah. man, I tell you what, that dude's talented. He's really good. Uh, Myron Reed does some MLL or MLW work, right? So he, you know, I mean, MLW is a pretty big, a pretty big uh, organization and company. So he's he's got some miles on him, but but he's a young guy. I think I looked it up. I think he's like 23, 24. Like right. he's like he's really young. Then of course. The Infinite Man, Tim. And we were both shocked yeah. by Tim because in 2019 when we came, he was Tim. He was Timmy Lou Retton. Timmy Lou Retton. And Timmy Lou Retton was part of a tag team called the Gymnasty Boys. Who we fell in love with. Who they're fantastic. Yeah. And we're going to talk about his former tag team partner later yeah. because I don't know that we can have a, have a, a WrestleCade show and not talk about White Mike. Right. The Sultan of Stank is what yeah. he comes right yeah. now, which is fantastic. Yeah. But like, like Timmy, he's legitimately probably lost fifty to seventy pounds since twenty nineteen. And he was, I mean, but even twenty, he was he super was, athletic. He was super athletic then, but I mean, he looks like a completely different person now. Oh, and he's 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 got the Booker T short haircut on top. He's he's transformed his body. He transformed his 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 skill set, his move set. And he's now called. And now he had Russell or Mister Russellcade on his yeah, and his, uh, and of course pants. he's the the infinite the infinite man yeah Tim, and then because we had to have some star power in there just in case you didn't you know others that weren't local didn't recognize those guys you had Rich Swan yeah Rich Swan former WWE guy yeah. And of course, we knew that he could go. I think he there were uh, there were other things that caused his release. Yeah, he's been Impact World Champion. He's wrestled Kenny Omega. Every time I see Rich Swan, dude's good. Yeah, and so we, we saw him in 2019 here yeah. too. That match was. I mean, I'm not a huge six man tag. Yeah, match uh, fan. You know, when you get six and eight man tags. Yeah. It's kind of a lot of people. There, there was a lot of movement, a lot of excitement in that match, right? Which is typically happens, but all of those guys are super athletic. Too. Well, and it was basically just a showcase again of AML because five of the six uh, wrestlers in that card are regular AML guys, right? It was another another way to showcase their 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 talent, um, and of course, as most shows or most matches, as the super card went. The faces came out on top. Right. So that match was won by Rich Swan, Tim, and Myron Reed. Yeah. Then we get to our guy George South. George South had a match. If you, do you remember in 2019 who George South wrestled? Uh, Great Muda. The Great Muda. Do you remember the role George South played against the Great Muda? He was the face. He was the heel. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was, he was the heel. He was the heel against right. the Great Muda. Yeah. This year, we saw him in a match, and he was the face. 
59 years old, George South, still puts on a pretty good match. Yeah. He was across the ring. I need this job. I got kids. <laughs> Wait, the line of the night, though, is when George South picks the mic up in the middle of the match and goes, Heath, I got grandkids. <laughs> and, and, of course, it got a, it got a chuckle out of Heath. He yeah. said, well, he's right. <laughs> so, Heath, another one of those guys, former WWE guy, kind of he kind of got to showcase his talent. Of course, he's on TNA now, yeah. Impact. And he gets to show, you know, he gets to show off there. We get to see, we got to see a side of Heath that we didn't ever get to see really in the WWE. He was kind of a comedy act in the yeah. WWE. But I, I've said all along that Vince must have thought a lot of Heath because he kept him around a long time. Yeah. You can't, I mean, you can't blame Heath for wanting to go on and do bigger and better things. He's pretty good in the ring. He is good. He is right. I'm seeing a trend here, though. You know, but in response to that, I would say you don't get to the level of WWE and not be good. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, just like you look at your, you know, your your top level, your top level basketball teams in college, for example. Well, not even college. Brian Scalabrini. Do you know Brian Scalabrini? Yes. Okay, Brian Scalabrini was drafted in the NBA. Okay? He looks like the least athletic human being on the planet. Yeah. But still, the dude was drafted and played a long time a long time in the NBA. Yeah. He was on the Celtics roster forever. So like for somebody to think that he's not good at basketball just because of the way he looks or because he's the 12th man on an NBA. Like, no. Like, if you're on an NBA roster, you're one of the top couple hundred players in the world. Right. I mean, so, I think we get caught up in that sometimes. That, you know, just because you're an enhancement talent or a a low-card guy in WCW or AEW or NWA or WWE or anywhere, just because you're a low-card guy – People automatically assume that you're not any good. Right. And most of the time, that's not any further from the truth. And I think time after time after time, this weekend, we got to see just how good some of these future endeavored guys were. Now, it wasn't always, they didn't always get future endeavored because of, you know, their talent in ring. Sometimes it was just, I don't have anything else to do with you. Sometimes it's, you make too much money, whatever the case may be, but they were future endeavored nonetheless. Right. A common theme with these guys is that we didn't get to see them on full display. Right. So it's neat to be in a scenario when we can watch them on full display. Right. So this weekend was a great opportunity for us to see some of those guys. Of course, George South, local guy. He is, uh, I think, the head the head trainer, head coach or something at the training school here, the AML training school. Yeah, he has a training school, and then I think he's also like the booker for the AML. I think he books it. So he gets the big win, feel-good moment, um, and it's, it's just a typical hometown feel-good moment kind right. of thing. Uh, and, of course – and it wasn't anything fancy. What he he ended up rolling Heath up, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't. 
it, it wasn't something super. But of course, he's almost sixty. Right. So Heath got he 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 made he made Heath uh, look good. He got the win. They both got paid. Then we got to see PCO versus Eric Redbeard. I'm going to say that I was really, out of all the matches, I think I was most disappointed in this one. (laughs) And it's not because of Eric. It is not. PCO, uh, if you don't know PCO, his gimmick is he's not human. Yeah. He is... A little bit of story on PCO. He was in WWF. He was a tag team champion in WWF. He was with the Mountie, and they became the Mounties. Um, and he was Pierre. I'm going to murder his last name. Are you let? I think it's Olette. Is it Olette? Yeah. Okay, well, there's a U in there. Yeah, it's silent. I don't speak French. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Pierre Olette. I do a a, a, a moderate job of speaking English. <laughs> so, PCO got banished, basically, from the wrestling world. That's another topic for another day. But, like, he was blacklisted. Yeah. He shows back up late in his 40s, mid to late 40s, as PCO. He's now 53. In Ring of Honor, he was the world champion, world tag team champion, and world six-man tag team champion. He's only 53? He's only 53. I would have swore he looked like he was 72 jumping off those ropes. Well, he almost failed three or four times. Yeah. He was in a battle royal tonight, and I legitimately thought he was going to fall off the turnbuckle. Yeah, yeah. Bottom line with him is, it is time... It's time to hang it up. ...to hang him up. Right. He he looks like he's in much worse shape than George. But the thing about it is, is the reason he's reinvented himself is because he takes all of these Mick Foley-esque bumps. Where Mick Foley was taking them in his 30s. Yeah. He's taking them in his 50s. Right. And I mean, in the match last night with Redbeard... For no apparent reason whatsoever, he took a dive off of the top rope onto the side of the ring. And missed. And missed. Yeah. I mean. So, uh, but the biggest takeaway I got from that was Eric Redbeard is really good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So, but PCO was the, I guess he was the face of the match last night, but Eric Redbeard was really over. Yeah, he was. So, but PCO gets the win. It was really a lackluster match. Yeah. Then we followed that up with maybe your most favorite moment of the whole entire night. Uh, man. And, and it came in the Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, Jay Lethal match. Yeah. You realize now at this point, you've, you've listed off three former WWE guys. Well, four if you count um, Redbeard. They've well, all been heels. Yeah. The only one that wasn't was Rich Swan. But Rich Swan's been gone so long at this point it doesn't you can't really count it. Right. But like all these guys have come out as heels. Right. Because Matt Cardona was the heel last night. And it was so funny whenever they were the crowd started chanting 
or some dude said, go get Zach's girlfriend. She'll be a better opponent. Go get Chelsea. She'll be a better opponent. Yeah. And, and, and Matt goes, shut up. Yeah. No, she won't. And we want Chelsea. <laughs> right. And then, um, the fan interaction all night long was fantastic. That's yeah. one of the great, and yeah. I will, I will urge our audience if you've never gone to an independent show, yeah, go. I mean, OVW would be the one closest to us, right? Go because <laughs> the interact like you don't get that interaction yeah. in in and WWE. You with, don't even get it in AEW. And, and with with a and with AML, and we noticed it in 2019. It was very apparent this weekend. The people that are AML fans, the wrestlers know who they are. Right. Because they interact with them throughout the match. Right. And, you know, so definitely it, it's, it was really cool. But getting back to the match last night, Cardona, or Cardona, Matt Cardona goes, went against Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. They fought into the back. And then Matt comes back to the ring. He's dragging the ref to try to do the 10 count. And then all of a sudden... You hear pop and circumstance. Pop and circumstance. So we know immediately what's going to happen. Yeah. Because Jay Lethal had the character yeah. in TNA... Of Black of Machismo. Black Machismo. And he... Huge Macho Man Mark. Right. Loves the Macho Man. Yeah. Just to show you how close-knit the wrestling family is, is he would not do that character until he got it okayed by Macho's family. Right. Macho's right. family had to... And actually the glasses... That he wore, they're not the ones he had last night. I'm sure he's got them up in a safe. The glasses he wore the first couple times as Black Machismo were actually a pair of Macho's glasses. Yeah. I was surprised he didn't have the hat on last night. Well, it, it was, a, but so so he goes back. Matt Cardona's in the ring. Pop and Circumstance hits. And then, of course, he did a quick change. Yeah. And he walks to the ring with a lady by his side. Yeah. And, and the lady was a, a female performer by the name of Lady Frost. Right. And uh, he gets in the ring, and he starts cutting a promo as the Macho Man. Like, right. he's full-blown black machismo at this point. And he gets to the part where he's talking about me and Liz. And Matt Cardona's like, that's not that's Liz. Not Liz. <laughs> and, and he looks at her, and he's like, you're not Liz. Who are you? Get out of here. Did the snake man send you? <laughs> It's fantastic. It was it was a great moment. It was so good. Of course, then Jay Lethal gets the win. He hits about fourteen flying elbow drops off the top rope. Yeah, it was a bunch. And 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 and, and he gets the win. Well, then as all great heels do, because seeing the work that Matt Cardona's done since he's left the WWE, they missed the boat on a super heel. Yeah, he got he has. Heel written all. I mean, he was the internet champion for. He crowned himself the internet champion and had a belt that looked like him. If that doesn't scream heel, nothing does. Yeah. So, I think that they really missed the boat not letting him be a heel. So he attacks Jay Lethal after the match, and this is the moment that Sean <laughs> marks Plum out. I'm going to let you tell that half the story. Well, about that time you hear the... And I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know the... Neil looks at me and I said, That's Jeff Jarrett! (laughs) About that laugh. (laughs) Because I knew... I mean, it was... Obviously, it was Jeff Jarrett's 
uh, theme song from TNA and the song that plays whenever his podcast comes on. And Jeff comes out with the guitar. All you could see was the guitar coming through. And then he keeps trying to get in the ring. And he eventually, you know, hits Cardona with the with the with the shot. Uh, Jay Lethal low blows him. Low blows Cardona. And then he hits uh, he hits Cardona with the with the guitar shot. So smashes the guitar over his head, which is pretty cool to see. And then of course, you can't let Jeff leave without him. Doing the strut. Yeah, Jeff tried to leave, and and, uh, and Jay goes, oh, no, 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 no. He said, nah, I, now you know that I'm a big macho fan, but we're also in flair country. And, mm. of course, he got a big woo from the crowd. Yeah. Uh, and he said, so we can't leave here without doing a strut off. So then Jay Lethal struts first, and then Jeff, being Jeff, he pushes him off to the side. With his double, with his double deuces. Yep, and uh, and he struts to to a huge pop from the crowd. Right, right. Um, little underwhelmed in the match. The match was more about getting to the Black Machismo character yeah. and the spot with Jeff Jarrett than it was anything else. So, yeah, you know, it is what it but is. It, but it's on a show like that, you gotta have those spots. You gotta get you gotta get, get those spots in. So. Uh, and, of course, as we said, Jay Lethal won that. Uh, then you had the top rope battle royal. It's It was a gimmick battle The royal. most exciting thing about the whole thing is inner Sandman music hits. Crowd's going crazy, thinking that the Sandman is coming out only to see... Swoggle. Formerly known as Hornswoggle. Yeah. Comes out with the Singapore cane. Dressed as a Sandman. And, and comes into the ring and cleans house. And canes everybody. So it was pretty funny. Uh, some of the names that you might recognize that were in this battle royal, uh, you had Johnny Swinger. He's currently on Impact. You had Mr. Hughes, former uh, bodyguard in WCW and WWF. Sam Houston, old school wrestler. Madman Fulton, Falaba, uh, The Ascension, Shane Douglas. You know all these, and then you had a bunch of. You know, a bunch of independent talent that was there. I think, Sean thinks the swoggle thing was the coolest moment. I think it the coolest moment happened when New Jack's music hit. Uh, I forgot about that. So, one of the AML wrestlers is C.W. Anderson. Yeah. C.W. Anderson is an ECW original. Um, when ECW had a video game come out on PlayStation... C.W. Anderson is in the video game. So he's he was with ECW since the very beginning. Him and New Jack were best buds. Of course, New Jack passed away this year. So New Jack's music hit, and here come C.W. Anderson, dressed like New Jack, with his trash can full of toys, walking, acting just like New Jack, on the screen... It's it flashes tribute to New Jack. Yeah, and basically it was a moment for C.W. Anderson to pay respects to his friend and get in all the moves that New Jack would. We heard an interview from C.W. later, and he said that um, he called New Jack's wife and asked if it was okay. Because you know one of the things we find out from these wrestlers is they don't want to disrespect 
anybody, especially anybody's legacy or memory. Right. So to do something, to, to do their gimmick, they always get permission first. And, and, I mean, that's the same way with finishers. I know Kevin Owens said that he called Steve Austin to ask if he could do the stunner. Right. So they they called to do these. Uh, to You know, he, he called New Jack's wife and said, is it okay if I do this for, for Jack? And, of course, she said yes. And he said, I was super nervous going out. And he said, I looked up and said, Jack, you you got me on this right as he was as he was walking out of course he hits all the big spots plumb down to the staple gun and walks to the back and he collapses on the floor and like starts crying right as soon as he crosses back into the cuz it, it it meant that much to him that 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 he got to honor his buddy that way yeah. so it was a super cool moment and CW Anderson is like the the one of the main guys on the AML right crew down here, right? So, super cool moment. You know, you got the you got the tease of Sandman, and it's funny because when we were down here in nineteen, Sandman wasn't advertised, and in the middle of a match, wasn't it in the middle of a match? Yeah, well, he come out in the battle royal at that in the middle, but he of never the got in it, right? No, he just came out, drank beer, and so he walked. He walked on our row, yeah, and he had his case of. Bud Budweiser with him, and he yeah. just walked around with his kendo stick and his Budweiser, and just drank the whole time. Yeah, which apparently is what Sandman is. Yeah. So they so if, they tease. If the, you remember, though, he got like he was real mouthy about the women's main night, event. Main main event because yeah. uh, Tessa was supposed to be in the main event. She yeah. came out and basically cut a promo on him, yeah. and uh, said that. Uh, you know, there's some people back there, and did she even say? Did she did she say his name? Maybe, but that there's some people that didn't think that they should be in the main event match. Yeah, and then the three ladies that were in the match put on one heck of a match. Yeah, but a wrestler by the name of Shane Taylor won. Uh, he's Shane Taylor Promotions. He runs a faction called Shane Taylor Promotions. They got a similar look to Keith Lee, I'd say, right? Similar, similar build, build, similar look. He's got uh, he won some sort of WrestleCade Battle Royal belt. Yeah, didn't really mean anything. Yeah, I mean for a for, it was the TV whatever the sponsor the TV TV title uh, top rope titles. top rope yeah top rope belt yeah. title what what you know. so I don't um, know if it's an official thing or not or if it's like. Braun Strowman getting that green belt. I think it's like Braun Strowman getting the green belt. The top three matches. We have a triple threat match on the ladies' side. I mean, that's one thing. It's one thing that was missing a little bit during this was there weren't a whole lot of there weren't a whole lot of women. Actually, there were only three. And we got to see Mercedes Martinez versus Deanna Peraza versus Thunder Rosa. Yeah, and Thunder Rosa is what she's all about. She's super over, super talented. Um, and you know, she looks bigger on TV than she is in real life. <laughs> She's not very. Big. Yeah, I mean, Mercedes was tall, but aside from, I mean, I thought that they were all smaller than what. Yeah, Mercedes looked looked like a monster on TV. Right, but yeah, she's really not that big. They put on a really good match. Yeah. Uh, 
of course, Thunder Rosa, super over. Uh, they all get in their spots. Uh, there were a couple, uh, there were a couple misses, a couple botches. I think a lot of that could be due to nerves, and I think a lot of that could be due to the unfamiliarness of working together. Right. And, and you get that a lot with this because, you know, a lot of a lot of these guys never worked with any of these others before. Right. That's, so I think it's why you see some of the bigger spots in the AML matches because these guys are so familiar with each other. Right. That match ends up with Thunder Rosa. Of course, when I heard Thunder Rosa come out to the pop that she was at, we knew she was going to win. Right. Uh, the Super Show turns out they – I mean, obviously you don't want to send the send the fans home angry. You want to send right. the fans home happy. So most of the time it's the faces – or the ones that are getting the, you know, they know pretty well who the who who the faces are, and they're and they're going to make sure that they get the rub and the win. But it was a good match. Super impressed by all three of them. Mercedes and Deanna both were in NXT. Mercedes came up with the Retribution faction in the very beginning. She wasn't there very long. Uh, I think Deanna came up on SmackDown for a cup of coffee too before she got. I don't think so. Yeah, she came up. Uh, I remember her coming up and having a match on a Friday Night SmackDown. Okay, well maybe she did. But but I think it was just it might have been the only match that she did. But I do think she came up for a cup of coffee. They did not have her. They did not have uh, her no compete clause changed, so she couldn't have been up that long. Because right. thirty days later, she was in yeah. Impact, winning the women's yeah. championship there. She was a longtime women's champion. Yeah, uh, and then Thunder Rosa. Man, like I, I don't. There's not enough good things I think I could I could say about her. A Thunder Rosa is your future TNA Women's Champion. You mean AEW? I mean AEW. Sorry. Yeah. I don't, we there was so much TNA today that was right. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, no, I I do think she's definitely a challenger for Britt Baker. I th- and I think I think she could she could be the one that would take the belt off of Britt Baker. Then we got to the Battle of Wits. A little bit of a promo battle. And it involved Enzo and Broken Matt Hardy. And everybody talking about that MJF CM Punk Battle Royale the other night on the micro on the sticks. Dude. Enzo and Matt both are really good on the sticks. They're both really good. They were taken at one point. Of course, the broken Matt Hardy character just says "delete, delete, delete," and and uh, Enzo says, "Do you know any other keys on the keyboard?" Delete. Semicolon. Delete. Spacebar. Delete. Cap locks. Delete. Number locks. Delete. <laughs> it just kept going on. It was so funny. It was good. Uh, <clears throat> and we found out again at the bus like, Spacebar. How you doing? <laughs> Spacebar. How you doing? <laughs> We found out at the uh, Busted Open event last night, Mark Henry talked about, well, Mark and Matt both talked about Enzo. And Enzo, early on in his career, rubbed wrestlers the wrong way because he was Enzo all the time. Yeah. You know, MJF is MJF all the time. Yeah. In the early, in the early days, the Miz was the Miz all the time. Yeah. And that can rub guys the wrong way. Yeah. 
they both talked about how much Enzo had matured and grown up and just how much he had grown. He had become a better performer and that he was, you know. And I concur. He didn't wrestle in 2019 unless he was in the Battle Royal. He might have been in the Battle Royal. He was not. But I know he didn't wrestle a, a singles match. But you could tell he was much better in the ring last night than what he was when he left WWE. You and I both talked that even though Vince was built the cruiserweight division and 205 Live around him, they ruined him when they split him and Big Cass up. Yeah, I'm, I will never understand that. It, it, it will... It will never make sense to me how you take one of the most popular tag teams and one of the most over... I mean, Vince loves to make money and sell merch. Mm -hmm. How many certified G shirts have we seen down here this weekend? Oh, a lot. Double digits, easy. Yeah. And he's been gone for how long? A long time. I mean... Talk about we talk about missing the marks all the time. WWE missed the mark on on those guys, one hundred percent. And it happened with splitting them up for no reason. They underestimated the power that they had together. They didn't have to have the titles, no. But neither one of them could self sustain. Nope. They were a tag team in every sense of the word. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't know, but anyways, not to get sidetracked off that. Well, that, it, it was it was the match itself was okay, but the first ten fifteen minutes of them on the sticks was the amazing. And Matt Hardy, who has a few years ago, they used to have the WrestleCade World Title. Matt Hardy, I think, was is the first and only WrestleCade World Champion. I think he's defended it two or three times. Yeah. So Matt Hardy is kind of to bring that back. By the way, they're kind of he's kind of synonymous with uh, WrestleCade. Yeah. Of course, it's just right up the road from where uh, he's from. Uh, I think he told us last night an hour and a half. Right. So, and it was kind of cool to be able to see the broken Matt Hardy gimmick right. in, in, in in person. I will say I was pleasantly surprised that he looks like a guy who can barely move when you see him on TV. He moves surprisingly better right. when you see him in person. Right. So uh, TV does not do him any favors right. in terms of in-ring performance. He looked much better in, in person. Right. And then, of course, the main event. I mean, my goodness. I told you last night. I will tell you again today. That is hands down the best wrestling match I've ever seen in person. Right. And one of the best matches I've ever seen at all. And and just to, before I tell you who the main event was, we told you at the beginning of the show that the WWE had a few guys here last night. They were like, they screwed up. They screwed up on both these dudes. Both. Both these dudes. And I agree with you. It was a phenomenal match that you couldn't take your eyes off the ring. Nope. At any moment. And they were so magical together. Uh, so magical together. It was literally 
you know, the Hardys. We just talked about Matt Hardy. They used to have a move they called Poetry in Motion. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yes. The main event last night, 100% was Poetry in Motion. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, that was, part of it was because these guys worked together. They yeah. worked a storyline in WWE. They did. And so we're talking about Malachi Black, formerly known as Aleister Black in WWE, and Buddy Matthews, formerly known as Buddy Murphy. These dudes can go. And I went to I went to sleep last night scratching my head like how did the WWE miss it? Right. Like they clearly are really good. They're clearly better than 20 guys on the roster now in WWE or more. Neither one of them had to have I mean they don't have to have titles. I don't think they I don't think they were they were they were title hogs. Mm-hmm. I think they just wanted to be put in meaningful storylines, and maybe that's the issue: is the WWE just cannot come up with meaningful storylines. But watching Black and Matthews last night in the match, I can tell you, it's, it's the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen in person. I mean, it was amazing the things these guys were doing. Yeah, just you, the. I mean, the timing, they it's like they, I swear it's like, it makes me think back to when we talked about Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man on the top 50 list a couple weeks ago. When we talked about how they had that 162 move list written down of how the match was going to go mm-hmm. and how beautiful it was. I, th- that's what the, last night reminded me of. I mean, it was unbelievable. It's like they knew exactly what they were going to do. And when they did the spots where they both sat down and see crisscross applesauce but, and the other one coming in, and then, of course, they looked at each other and flipped each other off. Right. That was, I mean, it was really good. Of course, they, you know, they played off the, because Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins blinded Aleister Black. Right. You know, storyline. They uh, teased that. Yeah. Last night. Yeah, I mean, just... One move after the other. They're both super athletic. They can work. It was beautiful. And the the like the hits would pop so loud. I mean, literally, you'd sit on the edge of your seat. Like, I cannot. Like, I don't know that I can put into words this this match. Yeah. I mean. Hopefully, if they ever post post some some videos, some snippets, we'll have to share them. Yeah, I couldn't. T- I couldn't. I couldn't think about picking my phone up. No, and recording it last night because it was it was so awesome. I took pictures initially of them during their entrances. Yeah, but once the match started, I did take a little bit of video. I think of the entrance of um, Malachi. But you know, the cool the coolest part of the night though. After the match is over with, Malachi wins. He, he grabs the microphone, which he doesn't do a lot of. And he said that I don't yeah. talk on the. Yeah. He said I don't talk on the microphone often, so when I do, make sure you pay attention. Yeah, but he, in so many words, said, "Everywhere I go, you you follow me. You're always there. You're always there, and I can't. I'll I'll just summarize basically what he said was." He's the greatest entering performer that he's ever faced. Faced, and he said, "You always have a spot by my side." Yeah, 
whether whether we're enemies, whether we're friends, you always have a spot right by my side. And uh, I mean, I mean that that says a lot. And I mean, it was it was genuine because yeah. Buddy did not expect that. Right. And he said, "I respect you." Mm-hmm. And I would say, as a performer, that is the biggest compliment that anybody can give you right. is the to tell you that they respect you. Yeah. So, I mean, just. We could probably talk a whole hour about how great this match was. Mm-hmm. It's something that I am so glad that I got to witness in person. Right. You know, the common theme that I took from last night was there's a lot of guys that the WWE has released. Now, look, we we legitimately cannot expect the WWE or AEW or Impact to sign everybody out there, okay? I know AEW tries to do it, but there's only so much time. And what happens when you are basically hemorrhaging talent is you got guys, not just your Aleister Blacks and your Buddy Murphys, but your Zack Riders and your Heath Slaters, your Singh Brothers, uh, your Rich Swans, your Enzos, you got guys, you're, you're Eric Rowans. You got guys who are really good who get lost in the shuffle. And then they get lost from meaningful storylines. And then they get lost from TV. Yeah. And it was, it was very refreshing to be able to see these guys and see them wrestle and see them go. And I think a lot of times it's just them proving to themselves, hey, I'm really good. Right. And, you know, the whole night last night, we we talk about stories and emotion and stuff like that. We didn't have any storylines on anything. Uh-uh. Last night was a showcase of talent. But it was, but it was emotion. But, but you definitely had emotion with the fans because we know who these guys are. Right. And... You know, you you feel the emotion in what they're portraying inside the ring, right? And I think it's way easier to feel the emotion, portray the emotion in person, than it is through TV, right? Who was it last night that said they'd been to WrestleCade before, but this was the first time that they kind of came as a free agent? Do you remember that? Who was it that said that? I mean, I know Matt Hardy had talked about that before. I I remember it being said, but I don't I, remember I who it was. But but it was it was like you know this was the first time that I was here that I just got to go out. Oh, it was Caprice. Caprice. It was Caprice. Yeah, and he said I just got to go out and perform. Like yeah, he talked about with ROH kind of going on a hiatus. He kind of almost looked at it as a job interview. You know, that maybe somebody might yeah. see him. It was him because he talked about it on the bus that opened that. And, and he said that, he said that, you know, I think he's happy in AML, but I also think that he wants to do something bigger. Of course, 
he's he's mid he's mid forties. Right. So he doesn't he he understands he doesn't have a whole lot of time left yeah. in the ring. He's not showing up on AEW or WWE. He's not. And and I and to be honest, I hope he stays with AML. Yeah. Uh, I think that he can do some really good things there. I think he's got a lot of knowledge and a lot to give to a company like AML. But you know, it it was just pretty amazing to think that you know to to have this guy who's at the, I mean, he's literally at the top of his game right now. Yeah. And to say that it was kind of a relief that he wasn't tied anywhere uh, to any one company, and he had the opportunity just to go enjoy it, have fun, wrestle, and and he you know and be himself, showcase what he can do. And he said, you know, I kind of look at it like a job interview. But if but if nothing comes of it, that's okay. Like I I I don't I don't need something to come of it because I'm very happy with where I am. But if it does, I wouldn't say no. Right. Right. For sure. But guys, I'm telling you, I can't say enough. I mean, we could, we could, we could easily sit here and talk for another hour on, on this. Cause we didn't even really get to the fact that we got to meet Mark Henry and Dave LaGreca and talk to them about the podcast as well, right. which was super cool. And, uh, you know, he, they had a, a few, a few guests on the show last night. Uh, Danhausen. We didn't get to talk about Danhausen. Yeah. Listen, if you yeah. haven't looked up Danhausen, if that name's uh, if that name's not not familiar to you, you you got to go look him up. He is so he phenomenal. He was his character was built. He's kind of an evil guy. That's nice. He's like a nice evil guy. He talks in a real funny voice. It, but he's always in character. Yeah, always. Um, he was with he was with Ring of Honor, and then of course Ring of Honor did nothing during the pandemic. He used the time during the pandemic to reinvent himself, actually maybe invent himself. Yeah. So he had. He's made himself over on social media, and I mean he probably has AEW written all over him. Yeah. Matt Hardy was talking about how big a fan he was last night. Do a little homework this week. Go study on uh, Danhausen and Caprice Coleman. And Caprice Coleman, you're not going to regret. And I think our listeners will be fans of both these guys. Right. So, well, guys, this has been a blast. We wanted to make sure we recorded this show when we were here, so it would be fresh on our minds. And uh, we, yeah. Uh, we look forward to coming back next year. Man, tickets I go on sale in January, baby. Tickets go on sale in January, guys. I'm telling you, it's go out and watch a live wrestling show. It doesn't have to be AEW. It doesn't have to be WWE. And actually, you get more interaction when you go to these to these smaller yeah. promotions. So just just go out and just enjoy wrestling. Yep. You know the AML show. The whole weekend actually was. Family friendly, yeah. Uh, you know there was there was some cussing, but uh, nothing nothing too outlandish. I would have definitely felt fine bringing my older kids. Yeah. So take the family out, and there's there's interaction with the wrestlers. Most of the time, they do meet and greets afterwards, and and it doesn't matter if it's The Rock, Caprice Coleman, or White Mike, or Joe Schmo. Kids think they're superheroes anyway. Right. Okay. Uh, and they interact well with kids. Just do it. Just go out and watch a live wrestling show. Yep, for sure. Well, awesome. 
You want to roll us out with the uh, sponsors? I will. I will roll us out with some sponsors. Of course, we got Darren's Dashing Dinners and Computer Repair. We got Crouch. <laughs> I almost forgot my sponsor name. Crouch Family Bakery with Bread Claws, Slinging Bread Daily, and Heiner's White Bread. Guys, um, we love you as always. We'll talk to you next week. Stay safe, friends. That wraps up today's episode. We want to say thanks to all of our listeners. Without you, none of this is possible. If you haven't had a chance yet, please go out and leave us a five-star review on your favorite platform. Make sure to check us out on Facebook at From Corner to Corner, on Twitter at Corner to Corner PC, and on TikTok at From Corner to Corner. You can always reach us on Facebook or on email, corner to corner PC at gmail.com. We love you all, and we'll see you next time.